0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I Get Buckets podcast. We made it. We made it, guys. This is the last of the fantasy preview series looking to 22-23. Projecting forward, NBA season starts in only two sleeps, and we've got one more podcast to do. It's the final review of the I Get Buckets League teams. We've got Team 10, and it's been an absolute pleasure to kind of give all of this preview stuff bouncing ideas around podcast fun down for you guys to enjoy and and everyone out there who's listening hopefully you've been enjoying the ride and has helped pave the way from you know the few weeks uh weird kind of um middle ground from when we drafted to to actually watching basketball and, and getting the fantasy site ticking over with points and and actually having a matchup and feeling like we're really, you know, digging our teeth into to what fantasy basketball is all about. So, um, as always, my name is Simon Harrix and we will do Team 10. And if we've got time, maybe a, a quick kind of 10-minute rapid fire of the team that I drafted, uh, one team that I'm um, optimistic about but obviously always have, you know, a few question marks on, on where people were picked and if it was right. But what we're doing now is looking at Wiggy Wonka's Maple Factory and the team that they put together. So, going from drafting really early at number two last year and getting to, you know, put together his best fantasy season of all time, um, very close to shaking the choker tag. Maybe this is the year um, where he gets back and, and goes one step forward to to get his first um, championship title and getting the name on the trophy. But slipped all the way back to drafting at pick ten uh, this year, which um again it's it's probably a hard one to to get your head around a pig 10 but it's been um seen as you know people have been able to get at least an element of success from this point um before and I guess we'll see how it kind of comes together for him in this season but I think first off the bat um Stephen Curry number 10 yeah I mean you get the the locked-in kind of value that you always get from Stephen Curry coming off, you know, the back of a, a finals MVP and his first out of, you know, his fourth championship, bringing the Warriors back to the pinnacle of NBA basketball, an average of 28 um, last year, 28.3. We we all know what we get for, for Stephen Curry moving forward and I think he's a real kind of safe late option, Um I do think that there was a lot of other um, plays that you could probably have gone here. I do think as much as it feels like sacrilege to say that Stephen Curry is an early pick at 10 based on what he gives you, um, I do think you're still kind of trying to find someone who's going to vault up to that 30 average. And I think Steph Curry, you know, he had a bit of a, a real poor shooting kind of um season in in part so there is as much as it sounds silly you know a way for him to improve it's more just getting your three-point percentages back to where they were um I just think you know coming off a title defense now um some of the younger players that they might look to a little bit I think Steph Curry's gonna Steph Curry but his importance to wing basketball games and and the three-point shooting and everything sometimes doesn't all kind of you know, come together as this um, beautiful fantasy <laughs> um, stat line like, you know, the the likes of a few others that are around here. So, you know, I did have him at 19, sorry, 18 on my board, which feels kind of um, low. Maybe he should, you know, deserves to go around that 15 mark. But um, to be honest, a lot of the players that went in round two, um, Durant, Sabonis, Towns, Ball, Gobert, even Booker, I all had um, ahead of Curry, um, maybe that's on me. Um, I think the fact that you can take, take two picks in a row here, maybe softens a little bit of, you know, the risk because you just add in someone who, you know, is, is who he is, um, as someone, if he can get, you know, another championship under his, his belt is really in the conversation for, for, you know, the best players of our generation next to your LeBron James. So, um, I think it's, 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 it's all there that it's not going to hurt you. Um, He's, he's you know bloody Stephen curry i'm just i think it, it was an opportunity to go bang bang with a few other players that i think um a little bit more dicey and a little bit more um you know sexy in terms of what they could potentially do um but maybe that maybe that's me trying to find the the golden nugget everywhere whereas you know you're happy to you just kind of um Take it, take it safe a little bit with with the stardom that is Steph Curry. So, um, it's fine. I just think that's kind of where my head was at at, at, at pick 10, that you, you have this opportunity to have someone that maybe you had at 6 or 7 that kind of really slips. Um, best case scenario. Um, and in my mind and based on where I kind of had the rankings, you've gone someone, you know, 5, 6 early. But um, on the flip side, what I do think is that you've got – what I just said in terms of someone who could slip to you at pick 11 when you've gone Trey Young. Um, I do think that, you know, me having Trey Young at pick six on my big board would have probably shocked a few people in terms of having him that high. Um, so there's where kind of the, the difference will be with us. I think it's very, um, you can say that it, it is quite high and you, you, you may be right. But, um, Given the concern of, of what happens with DeJounte Murray coming in, um, I guess where my head was at, and I've, I've said it a lot of times, is I think Trey Young, compared to a lot of other people, is such a safe bet in terms of the minutes that he's going to get and the games that he probably is going to play and the role that he has you know, with the Atlanta Hawks that even if it goes bad, um, I think he's a lot more safer than even a James Harden or a Ja Morant or a Zion Williams that have all kind of gone before him. Like, I think even though he might be pushed off ball a little bit, um, maybe his assist numbers kind of go down. I think he can be more efficient. I think he can kind of score at a better clip. Maybe the three-point percentage just goes up for the, you know, a significant amount for the first time um, in his short career. And... That everything I kind of saw, like, I, I still think it's going to come, even if it's kind of softened by DeJounte Murray and doesn't have the ball. I find it hard to believe that he's not going to be, you know, doing at least most of what he kind of gave to give his average of 31.1 um, last year. You know, he scored 2,366. He scored more than Jason Tatum and, you know, only like 60 less than, your know, Joel Embiid. Like, he, the numbers that he kind of puts on in the volume makes him put him up like a category more ahead of, of where you'd kind of think he is based on kind of talent. Um, obviously, the Giante Murray thing is a little bit hard. We have two guys who are, you know, top five usage in the NBA now on the same team. Um, so that did, you know, give me some kind of worry having him that this high. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't have to, you know, get six and, and maybe risk, you know, taking him. I feel a lot more comfortable with him going to 11. I just um I really I would be happy to kind of add him here because I just think the volume is going to be there enough that even if he is a little bit worse and and worse kind of as an average in terms of some of these guys that have gone, you know, you are five ahead, I I just think he's going to be a real kind of he's going to give you first round value based on on the the whole kind of season coming together. So I I can really get behind Trey Young there, I think it's a really good pick. I think next, he has to wait all the way to the swing until pick 30, and he adds Brandon Ingram. And I think it's a good one. I think it's maybe a touch early. Um, I guess the only thing with Brandon Ingram is, obviously, there's this interesting uh, environment for the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion coming back and, and how he... Was next to kind of CJ McCollum when he was healthy. I think we saw in playoffs him kind of step forward and that he's the guy. Um, I did have him as my second Pelican after Zion, but I did have him a little bit later than a few of these other guys um, that have come on in their their sophomore year this year. So I had him at pick 36 on my big board. But I mean, I think his average of 25.7 is is pretty replicable. Um, Again, it's just more... Around what do you think about Kate Cunningham and Darius Garland and Shea Gilgis Alexander as the players that have kind of gone in the next five picks? And for me, all of those five, um, I had expectations on, on kind of delivering a, a real leap this season. Whereas, you know, I love Brandon Ingram and he's scoring and what he does. And I think the Pelicans really value him in this, you know, mini Durant kind of vibe that has been thrown around a lot. And I think he's he, he has incrementally got better every season which is good because I think last year was the the warrior year right? Okay, was the year before a little bit of a um, a once off in terms of the fantasy value and last year he was taken early and he repaid the faith um, and really showed that what he does in, in New Orleans Pelicans is not just kind of a um, a role kind of vibe where you know the leap has come with him you know being in a new environment and getting the opportunity um, no the 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 leap has come because he's an amazing basketball player and can do all these different things and um, can score in all these different ways. Um, so I think he's you know still this kind of guy to to, to get around. Um, it's just whether you think he's he's good enough to be the third player you've banked. Um, but then again, it feels like I'm a little bit down on the first of his you know picks and back to back. But I feel very very comfortable about the other one to kind of. Um, you know, get you kind of there in terms of the value. So, rose in a pick um, 31. I had him at 22 on my board. I really think what you saw last year, while it's going to be hard for him to achieve the levels where, you know, we we're talking him in the same breath as, you know, a top five kind of MVP candidate, um, the Bulls kind of fall away. But his average of 299 I think we've seen, you know, year after year, that shouldn't be sneezed at as something he can't go super close to again. Um, I think we've seen in Chicago, um, Zach Levine, while he, you know, he brings what he does to the table. Demander Rosen's really the guy that, um, you know, gets the engine going, and they really run a pace game around um, how he can be best positioned to to score and to to help the Bulls um, win games. And everything that he was doing, you know, together with the scoring, I I really find, you know, um I value I value all of the stuff that he does. Um, so I think the fact that he averaged twenty nine point nine. Um, again, he's one that doesn't stand out as as someone that you want to own. So above, you know, these younger guys that do feel a little bit more, you know, vibrant and catchy and, and stand out. So I found I found myself, you know, bumping him down quite a bit. But then really going, well, actually, I love Scotty Barnes, but is is Scotty Barnes actually better than Devon Rosen? And I I felt myself going, well, no, I don't think so in terms of fantasy. Um, You know, is he better than Atari's Halliburton? I I think still probably until we see what's coming here. So that's why I I, I really couldn't drop him lower than 22 in the end. And I just think you've got Trey Young and DeMar at – I guess, people not thinking there's going to be um, a leap or even a little bit of regression. But I don't care if the regression goes back to 28. These two guys averaged 31 and then 29.9 last year. And they were borderline, um, you know, first-round guys. So, to get them in, in two and four and the safeness, I guess, of Yukari and Ingram makes me feel, you know, nice about all the things, you know, coming together here. Um so, while while <laughs> I think I'm not going to go crazy, um, the way I kind of break it down like that makes me feel really good about at the, about the positions he's got a couple of those guys at. Um, and going all the way down now, again, to, to pick 50. So, he adds Julius Randle, who had a really poor season based on the storylines and the headlines and the way the Knicks went and, you know, the the drama around him being booed. And I'm worried about him still, but, I mean, a bad season of 26.1 is kind of nice to have in terms of his average for fantasy. Again, I didn't really want to jump on on him this year, but I find it hard to think that he's still not, you know, the, the Knicks' best player especially in fantasy, I think IJ Barrett comes on. I think Jalen Brunson's really interesting. But I think, you know, we're only that one season away where he was an all-star. The counting numbers are still, I think, really great. The fact that he might shoot less is probably a good thing. Um, The worry is that he had one season where he could shoot threes and the the rest has kind of just abandoned him. Um, I think um, Coach there needs to kind of give him at least a, a a certain kind of platform. I'm a little bit worried about, you know, if things go to the shitter, how his minutes are going to be. Because he, you know, he had when he season he was, you know, really up the the top end of the NBA in terms of minutes played and they really, you know, gave him the ball late in games and, and trusted him. Whereas I don't know if they're gonna do that as much. But I kind of said, okay, again, he's on that, that lower to the bottom bracket of players that I really think um, have a, a solid NBA, you know, fantasy value. So again, with the likes of you know your Christian Wood and your Chris Paul, um, I had him at that back end on forty-eight on my board. Very comfortable to kind of take him if everyone else has kind of gone before. I go too risky with with some other guys that that don't have the. The background experience and um, pedigree that someone like Julius Randle does in fantasy, so it's where I would have taken him, and it's fine. But there is a lot of question marks moving forward for for what the Knicks do and, and what Randall is. But um, I think two years ago I said that, and he he came and had his you know All Star season. So um, I wouldn't be betting on him like a super bounce back one. But it'd be funny because I think we'll get to a point and go, oh, Julius Randle's having a bit of a shitty season again. And then we'll look up his average and it might be still, you know, 24, 25. Um, and that's all you kind of care about if you're a fantasy coach. So I think it's fine. I I did just mention kind of Chris Paul. And he's gone here at, um, I guess, 51. Maybe people are starting to catch on to, to what I'm thinking in terms of him getting a little bit too too old to be relied on as much as you, you, you'd think. But um, Chris Paul was one of the Phoenix duo that led Walsh to the championship last year in terms of the championship round, just falling short. Um, and that was a, on the back of a, a 26.5 average. We're not at the point to kind of give up on, on Chris Paul as this elite fantasy option because of what he did last year. I'm just, again... It's one of those kind of ways where you you don't want to, to risk too much of your draft capital and a guy who's so old and if you listen to a lot of the podcasts, if you know, full cut pressure is is his Achilles heel now with with some of the things that um he can't he doesn't he's not finding as easy but we've seen you know the architect kind of 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 him dissecting defenses and getting to the spots and making everyone else better and i think they need to rely on him again as phoenix to to be um a really competitive team in the west so i had him on my board you know at that 47 mark but unlike a few of the other you know players where i said oh if I have him at, you know, 47 and I game at 47, I don't love that. I've already kind of factored in the drop with Chris Paul. Like, so I do think he's he's more of your um, 35 to 40 player that I've bumped back already because of his age and some of my concerns. So to, to get him at, at 51, I think you've already inbuilt, um, you know, the, the risk assurance that the floor of what you're going to get even if he misses games here, then to like manage him is really really healthy for you know the sixth player that you're adding. So I do I'm I'm very very happy with Chris Paul here, um, and I think both Chris Paul and Randall really feel like guys that others didn't want to take. And it's some scenarios in fantasy basketball that's where you can kind of cash in a little bit. And I think he's positioned himself in a way to potentially cash in with those two. Next, he's kind of bagged um, a quality that slipped to him and maybe that really feels comfortable because I think the next two picks are really risky. Um, One that's, I think, (laughs) forward-facing NBA Twitter sexy, as I think I've said a couple of times, in Alperen Sengun. Um, So, I think he's still 20 years old, maybe, for um, Houston Rockets. So, out of the way of Turkey, pick 70 here really on the the upper end of where I would have um, taken him. I think last year, I owned him for a long time thinking that it's going to come and it kind of nearly really did in terms of the minutes played and then, okay, well, this year, there's no wood, there's no ties. He's going to be really the starting kind of center moving forward. He's not as tall as you'd think for a starting center. You know, I think he really is only like 6'9", 6'10" you know, which is bloody fucking tall. Maybe it's a little bit less. I just, I remember him not feeling as tall for the center position, even though he's got the body. I just don't know. I'm not sure if he's good. And I say that in the the most um, <laughs> the nice way possible, only because I, you know, I, I made sure I watched him a lot last year. And I think he could be a fantasy darling because he's really in everything. I think he he really kind of gets to the boards. He likes to, um, you know, take a shot. He's a bit nifty in the post um like they they run sets where he's a very willing passer i like everything that is potentially there as a fantasy and i will when i get to jail and sucks, i have a little bit of interesting kind of thoughts that are similar in terms of i see the pathway to huge fantasy stats for him purely based on you know him being in a, a certain role but then He couldn't capitalize it on last year in some of his minutes because I'm not sure if he's good. Um, And there's there's real elements where it's like, okay, that was a missed shot and then a turnover, but... Hey, I like kind of the decision making, and you know, with progress and development, that shot goes in, and that turnover is actually an assist. And here's his pathway to fantasy, where instead of getting you know this negative 1.5, um, you've got a three on the same play, only 12 months down the line, because he's starting to get it. And I think that's where we come with Shengou, and I say, it was there, and I think he's going to get it. He's only 20 years old they're going to work with him and it's going to come together and i feel more comfortable with Goon than i do with Suggs that you know it's going to kind of come together but again it's like we're banking on this assumption because he's young and because he's just getting his head around he's going to you know automatically develop um, you know he's played in the Euroleague before so it's not like he's he was being thrown in you know and he needs to to get his head a little bit around kind of the the rate of play he, he should have had at least you know more of a kind of a um, a background of, of, of playing in a system like this so I know it's quicker I know it's you know a lot different still but um I couldn't get myself all the way there to to be like okay Shengun is we're gonna draft him you know in the top 70 where he's gonna go in here assuming that his 15.4 average is gonna be dwarfed by you know a 20 to 21 um I really liked him as this sleeper potential, but as we said, you know, the sleeper becomes a little bit less meaningless when you pick him as early as you did. You kind of need him to come on. Um, I had him at eighty one, and I thought that was high. And the it seems like well, he has to start. Um, I think we've we've gotten all the way where he will start. Um, but I, if things you know don't go right, I, I, he did get yanked from the lineups a lot. He had foul trouble. I just think there's pathways where you assume he's going to be playing, you know, 28, 29 minutes a game and it may not kind of come um, depending on what they want to do with Houston. So, we'll see. I had him as a highlighter pick that's, you know, someone's going to go for him and he could be a really make-or-break dude. Um, But you've got him, you know, early, I think, in my mind. So, we'll see how he goes. (laughs) And next, Russell Westbrook um outside of ben simmons maybe even more than ben simmons he's the one that um i just had no idea where he was going to go he's already kind of hurt his hamstring which is a concern obviously but we'll try to you know review it outside of of the potential injury but obviously he was an absolute train wreck last year and you know me taking him in the first pick first round is ridiculous i think he's you know all kind of things set aside, when he played, the shooting was you know, astronomically bad, even by his standards. He couldn't really make anything, but he still was a triple-double threat on a lot of nights. Like He had two or three games in a row where he gave us triple-doubles. I think he even had a quadruple-double with turnovers at one point. Um, he averaged 24.4 last year off an historically awful season for him. I'm just. I do wonder how they're gonna fit him in um, to a point where maybe we can get the best out of him. So I, I'm happy for you to risk it. I think at you know 71, I w- I wonder where he would have gone if if he didn't pick him. I had him 102 on my board. I was really worried about some of the potential um, pathways for him to be fantasy irrelevant. In that, if he does get traded. Um, he's a real buyout guy or a, a stash stay-at-home guy like John Wall. And that is like a realistic thing that people have been talking about because um, a, a team doesn't come up um, clearly that needs Russell Westbrook if they're winning. And if you're in the tank, you don't really want a guy like Russell Westbrook. So, I do find it hard and it's hard for, for him and to... To see like, you know, I was a top 75 NBA guy, you know, MVP, average triple-double and I can't find a role that that a team wants for me. So, I think the best case scenario is that he stays with the Lakers, you know, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup and accept some of the, the opportunities for him to play like Russell Westbrook of old but pick his spots and maybe hopefully the shooting gets a little bit better and... This is a real kind of interesting pick here. So, I like, I won't go as far to say it's bad. I just, um, I think people have moved on from him. So, I really, I'm lost for words on on what it's going to look like. And it hasn't got enough for a good start. Um, And it just, it could, it could be a disaster. But, I do like. I would take the over in in terms of thinking that he's getting a triple double this year. At least one of the games. Um, yeah, I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> Ten minutes into his first game last season, and I was out. <laughs> so we'll see how it's. It's unfortunate he's he's hurt at the moment. I haven't got a, a follow up on when he's actually going to play, but um, I would definitely see that the you know tip off is is um potentially he may be missing that game but we'll see nick claxton I, yeah i think this is a good pick and i'm a bit of a homer again i think it's early with with the Shang-Goon. I to be honest i had shingoon and claxton very close in my rankings and i kept bumping shingoon up and then claxton a little bit lower because i was you know concerned with some of the reporting in terms about you know well, Claxton and and Simmons, it's going to be hard for them to share the court because of the lack of shooting. Um, do they, you know, potentially start Clax, but then you know move him out of the you know first rotation early, and does he not close games and How's the free throw shooting looking? Um, I do think preseason's been been really good for him. I think he's put on weight. I think he starts. I think the you know the opportunity of him kind of slashing to the rim with the likes of of even Simmons and Kyrie and Durant all make it quite um, delicious in terms of his his kind of raw efficiency of just, you know, dunking and and rebounds. And I think he's shown to be very switchable. You know, I think he'd be a healthy block guy. Yeah, I think his average of 15.5 was tied to his minutes last year. and I think the the low really increases. I had him at like a, a safe 107 because I didn't want to get, you know, have my Brooklyn... A rose tinted glasses on and, and thinking that he's gonna, you know, be a lot better than he is. Um, but I'm um, maybe the other Brooklyn fan in L LA League <laughs> has his glasses on and is help, happy to take a risk at 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 94 in kia So I I do feel that you know he's a real opportunity to be a top hundred guy. And then he makes this this look like a really good pick. Um, I think I was just a little bit worried with my my Homer. Mentality of Pickney Merly, so that's why I had him a little bit later on my board. Happy for him to fall to me if he does, but I think, um, maybe you know having him as high as ninety was is a right decision. So I can get behind that. Robert Williams is a tough one now. Um, pick ninety one at the time felt okay because you know he was only meant to miss you know, a couple of weeks of, of the regular season, but now it's turning into months. Um, the concern is he's always kind of had these lingering um, issues and when he does come back, how healthy is he going to be? How how long does it take to, to him to, to really kind of get back into the lineup and how far away is he from another injury? Um, I think you've gotten huge value for him when he comes back because – I had him as high as I think you know, you're 65 to 70 before bumping him all the way back to to 85 with multiple asterisks on him, and then you know you would be bumping him even even further back, um, given the the latest update. So I think it's unfortunate because I think before injury, it was an okay time to 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 pick him. We had Robert Williams and then Jaron Jackson Jr. go in back to back picks in round 10, and this probably speaks to um you know the line of thought around okay well, a lot of these guys that I like have gone i don't love some of these guys so here's the time to maybe get a a player that should have gone a while earlier but for injury and just hope it kind of um i get a lucky break and then they're back soon or you know they back um and you know giving me fantasy stats pretty pretty immediately but with Robbie Williams um i'm just i'm I'm a bit worried that um, it's going to take a little bit and we'll see, yeah. Um, next pick's Marvin Bagley. So another one that's injured and that's unfortunate because he did kind of um, hurt himself in a pre-season game. Avoided a serious, you know, injury and it's always a rough one to watch when it's a non-contact, kind of slip on the court with your knee. So he's still going to miss some of the the regular season. Putting that to the side, I think it's a... A smart bet because as much as some people were down on, on what we saw late last year, like I, you know, had him off the wire and I, I felt pretty comfortable about what he was doing. Um, I think there's a real role for him in Detroit. I don't like a lot of their other big men. I think Jalen Duran is interesting, but he's only just, you know, been drafted late. It's going to take some time. It's, it's unfortunate because I think he was the starting power forward there. I thought. In the 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 line of your Jalen Smith, of his his role kind of affords him the opportunity to show what he's got, and if he can show what he's got early and lock down that role, the fantasy projection moving forward for the whole season is really great. Um, so I thought you know his average of sixteen last year, factoring the Sacramento failed experiment, really could be pushed you know to you know that twenty twenty one. And to get that in around eleven, um, hundred and ten kind of pick, projects really well. So I'm hoping he doesn't miss too many games because I do think it's a smart add back here. Um, and Jordan Clarkson, I I think the Utah thing's really interesting. I think we've we've kind of talked up the likes of Larry Market and and you know Colin Sexton because they're gonna be afforded you know a role at Utah outside of, you know, a few other players. But I think moving on from what they did and Mike Conley obviously being, you know, a little bit older, Jordan Clarkson stands out. The guy that's been there, done that, you know, won the sixth man, maybe going to be relied on to to do a lot more um, without, you know, the the investment that other people have made rounds earlier, you know, round nine for Sexton and round 10 for, for Larry Market. And so if you, at round 12, you know, Ada Clarkson who I think you know, is on the level of of, of your Colin Sexton in terms of a, a fantasy value for 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 what he might do with Utah. I think it's it's quite clever. I don't know if he stays with Utah long term, but I think <laughs> I think Jordan Clarkson's not as critical to them kind of winning games. So I think they can steer into the tank um, with a backcourt of you know Clarkston, uh, Clarkson Clarkson and Sexton quite easily. Um, so. I think this is a savvy one when when you look at people trying to figure out who's going to be great in Utah, that he's got a little bit of the the consistency and experience being in the environment that they'll trust him to put up shots and do what he does best, Um, and he might be super valuable. So, I like that one. Moving, Aaron Gordon, I think we just should assume that Aaron Gordon's going to a Walshy team every year. Um, It just feels like he always takes him. He was one that stood out that had a a surprisingly healthy average from last year um, that, again, has just kind of plateaued into a way that you don't really want to add him. He averaged 19.4 last year. I guess the the thing is he's on a Denver team that have got a few new pieces or returning pieces in... um, obviously Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. So where does it kind of fit in this year? But I think, you know, at round 130, the fact that he averaged 19.4 and I think he's, you know, going to still give you the athleticism and the, the, the rebounding and, you know, be a little bit frisky in your scoring that, you know, I had him at 117 and I think he's fine at here. Mike Conley, so we just kind of mentioned, mentioned him and he's, he's got him again. So he's doubled down with... The Utah guys that, you know, have been there and done that, I'm a little bit less on Mike Conley than Jordan Clarkson, obviously because of the age. And I think he's he's more of a trade um, concern. But, I mean, saying that, you've got him two rounds later. So, to get the like of a, a Mike Conley at, you know, 131, it's probably good. It's probably fine. I'm a little bit worried about the health and how it kind of translates and the environment at Utah for him in a veteran that, you know, wants to to help add to winning. But I think he's he's quite, you know, comfortable in trying to rock up and do it. I would be a little bit worried. It's a, a situation where kind of okay stay at home or be with the team, shut him down until he gets traded. I'd have that on my radar, um, but we'll see. And then we go all the way to the last pick of the draft and, I think Norman Powell was there to be taken. I think he, he adds a lot um, to the depth at Clippers and we've seen what he's done enough where, you know, I had him in that kind of 110 mark. Um, not really stoked to to take Norman Powell, again, because of not thinking he's going to take much of a leap or, or he's a bit nothing compared to other options. But because of his average of 19.4 last year and I think, the, the way the Clippers will use him and value him as a, um, a real contributor, I think that he was still there with the last pick is a smart, safe um, way for you to just kind of add and tie everything together. So I think that's that's a really good one. So we kind of knocked those out and I hope it wasn't too mundane because I feel myself getting exhausted getting to the end of this um, in terms of things to say. But hopefully that was, that was still all kind of together. I do think... Um, Looking at this draft, that the best pick is Demar Derozan. I really love the fact that you've averaged, you know, added a guy who scored averaged twenty nine point nine last year with pick thirty one. Um, I do maybe think um, the worst pick is Robert Williams, and I feel that I feel bad about that because um, injuries factored into it. But I I think he might take a while, and it's gonna be- end up being your worst pick. Maybe not as much your fault, but. Um, I think I feel I feel better about labeling him instead of anyone else's. I think the wild card is the definition of Russell Westbrook. I talked myself all the way into him last year, and I just don't think the environment. I think that's on the Lakers that you'd I defend myself a little bit in terms of the way that you wanted him to play and the way it kind of looked. Um, I just don't know where what they thought that were gonna have it kind of run you know, giving up all these assets and bringing in a guy like Russell Westbrook and then not giving him the, the most opportunity but then at the same time you know he's shooting completely fell off a cliff um, and it was already you know not great to, to start I, I, I do think you know he was a good enough player with everything going wrong that he was still a top 50 based on how many points he scored over the course of the season so there's there's the, the line that he can be a top 50 player still um, but if things go wrong and he gets traded, it can absolutely be a fucking train wreck once again. So we'll see what happens with Westbrook. Um, it's hard for me to say sleeper with Shengoon because again he he's been picked you know high enough that he, he, you need him to perform. Um, and despite injury, I'll say the sleeper is is Marvin Bagley the third for maybe the seventh bloody year in a row. <laughs> but he's finally off that wrap. Sacramento team and when I say right I like what they're doing this year but in terms of um, the weight of him being picked before Luca, and them not really investing in his um, I guess uh, production and him improving himself I think they were just a bit out on that so um, to get into a new environment um, hopefully he's back quite soon from injury and can perform so there yeah that's another one in the the toilet (laughs) done and let's do a super rapid 10 minutes on on my team just in case it doesn't get up jason tatum i think i've really said what i i wanted to say about going in the the younger um kind of direction just a little bit safe i think out of all the guys i mentioned in the youth one jason tatum has a real realistic chance of um, if things come together, Boston being really good and, and him being an MVP candidate, I think the floor's higher than a lot of other players um, in the youth um, avenue that I've, I've highlighted for a first rounder. And I just think he was a safer option that I was happy to kind of take based on um, what happened last year for me. Lamella Ball, I really, really liked in that that um, kind of bracket of, of of youth, but had him, you know, behind all the other kind of safe people but I still had him at 10 so the fact that he he slipped to 16 I was stoked on I think everything that you know he gives you in terms of the counting stats is gonna um, come on and leave some bounds I'm still worried about the shooting even though the stats look okay Um, I'm a little bit worried about now with him being hurt and the Hornets um, trajectory over the course of the season if he's a little bit of a a Shea Gilger shutdown candidate but um, yeah so a little bit worried there, but. I feel less worried because I think at 16 um, he could give me really good value Bam out of bio I honestly had super high um, so I was really stoked to get him I had him at um, 16 on my board so to get him at 25 feel really happy I just think he is still going to be good I think 28.9 average last year is very um, you know replicable he's had games especially in the playoffs where I was like I want you to do more um, and I'm a little bit worried about that sometimes but um, the games where it's kind of come together i just i feel great about it um, donovan mitchell i got close to put him as my favorite um cavs option this year in fantasy i had darius garland you know ahead of him but i think at 36 there's a real you know potential that he comes in and you know does everything of what he did in terms of fantasy to get him to 26.4 last year that he's you know he's still the man to come you know, in latent games that they've, you know, been craving, craving for um, at Cleveland, and while it might take a little bit, um, and you know, the, the efficiency will come. I just like get in there and shoot the fuck out of the ball. I don't care how many attempts does it take. Like, I just want him to be anything, in everything. And I think, um, while it's a risk, it's it's one that could come together. Um, Next pick, Jalen Brown, which I honestly think is my best pick of the draft. Um, I was tossing up between him and Donovan for Mitchell in the round before. I do think even though we were highlighted some of his flaws in the final series, he was Boston's best player for a lot of those games. I think the scoring has come on leaves and bounds where he's not just this corner guy. Um, he's got the step back kind of catch and shoot off the dribble three. Um, if he can work on the handle a little bit more. I just love everything that he does. I think he's got a little bit of his chip in the shoulder, but still um, really, you know, throws himself into the team environment, someone that really, that people like. And I just, I saw the playoffs last year. And I think there's, there's, there's a pathway where he's, you know, a top 25 player. So to get him at 45, I think I was super happy at that. I had him at 27. He averaged 25.3 last year. And I think that's better this year. CJ McCollum, um, I'm, there's question marks on, on what it kind of looks like over the course of the season, but what he did late in the season fantasy-wise was enough for me to, to have him at 45 on my board. He averaged 24.1 last year. I'm hoping he starts point guard. I'm hoping he's healthy. I'm hoping he still gets a lot of shots up, regardless of them kind of being a little bit stacked defensively. Um, and I just I think what he did last year and what he showed in the, the later end of the season is real enough that um, if you let him kind of get to me at pick 56, I'm, I've, I've got no option but to feel great about that. Um, RJ Barrett next at 65, I do think that's on the early end of probably where I should have picked him and everyone, you know, was probably looking at. We've had a few years in a row now where, where I'm hoping for it to come and he, he's inconsistent in his games and, you know, he has ones with, 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 you know, he scores high 20s and the rebounding's all there, but then he kind of gets um, trumped or put in the background or benched. And um, I think he's, he's, his attitude's all there. What I did was, I think I turned into the, the skid win. As soon as Jalen Brunson got taken, I was like, oh, he was the guy I was looking at next. Okay, what happens, you know, if the Jalen Brunson thing doesn't go amazing fantasy-wise? And like, is there a, a realm or a world where I.J. Barrett is, you know, the better Nick um, and is, you know, if Julius Randall takes a step back, can I.J. Barrett really be the guy in New York this year? And while I think it's a it's a low percentage chance that that happens, I was really happy to go, okay, I pick 65 here. If there's a small chance of it happening, I kind of want to buy a ticket to the ride, um, and get that Nick who who isn't brunson, brunson given he kind of just went off the board um so I picked him a little higher than I, I thought I was going to um but I just it felt like the timing was right to react so had him at 63 on my board and got him to 65 so probably a bit early I would have loved to get him later especially because of my next pick I had higher on my board so I had Tyler hero at 60. um the the Barrett just felt like the timing was right maybe to get him. Maybe, you know, you know, on reflection, not as much, but you never know where people are going to go. Tyler Hero, I was happy that he kind of was still there. Again, maybe listening to other people a little bit early. I just really believe in, in what he does. And um, while he's kind of fell, fallen apart at the end of, a, you know, seasons in a couple of times, like watching him run an offense and with the shooting off the bench, I do think they're, it's time for him to start and it doesn't really matter, excuse me, if he does or not. I just think it's going to be good for his confidence and good for his feel moving forward. But I think they, they really want a, a, a creator um, next to Kyle Larry that, that does a little bit. And I just, I think he's one that I've highlighted that I think really can kind of take another leap. I know he was six man of the last year, but I'm like, I'm watching him. Like, he's good. I really like Ty Hero. Um You know, I had, you know, he averaged 21.2 last year. I really think if things go well, he can push that, you know, to 24. Um, Maybe early, um, but I I just kind of believe in him. Sadiq Bey, I've already said (laughs) with some regret that maybe Maxi was the guy here. I had Sadiq Bey, you know, a lot lower than um, Tyrese Maxi on my rankings. And I just think maybe I had him higher than other people. I had him at 76, got him at 85, I just think he's a dog. A lot of what I heard here in terms about him being a gym rat, always working on his game. I think there's not many players, you know, at his age and at his stature that have both a player of you know the week for the Eastern Conference as well as a fifty-point game under their belt. Um, I just like the way he kind of fits into Detroit. The jersey was in the mail, so I, <laughs> I felt like I'd already committed to him. He's sitting in the green room saying, "You've made a promise to me." <laughs> um, I just, I really, I really like the look of him. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets traded um, the pick that became Sadiq Bay for Landry Shamit, and I really wish we didn't do that. Um, even with the regret that I should have gone elsewhere, um, I want to believe in Sadiq Bay. maybe early. Um, I guess the offshoot of, of Tyrus Maxey in not taking him was probably that I got Jordan Poole instead, because um, I reckon he would have been gone, you know, in this, a little bit after this, if I I took Sadiq Bey in this round, I do think, um, you know, drama aside, him getting his bag and, and everything for him kind of projecting forward as a, an interesting, um, scorer made me feel quite comfortable about taking pull here, um, I like it, I, I do think, you know, maybe it's not like it's a steal or anything like that, but I, I do think he, he rounds out a really interesting, um, top 10 people for me and someone that, you know, I think will, will be giving me value all year. I just hope that, you know, he, he takes a little bit more of a step to his game and it's not just scoring. Um, Brandon Clark, I'm worried about his role because it does feel like they're like, or oh, even though JJ's out or Triple J's out, we're going to go with Santi Aldama because maybe they don't like the whole, the whole fit with Clark and Steven Adams. I hope they kind of work it out because there was clearly long stints of the playoffs where Brandon Clark was the best and maybe second best player on the court for the Grizz behind with ja, some of the things he was doing in the offensive rebounding. I just, I really like his game and I left that series going, he's good. I had him super, super high on my rankings and then kind of had to reality check myself to say, no has not this high, Simon, make sure you keep bumping him back. Um, but I did think he would start in the absence of Triple J, which looks like it's wrong, and I do think that has something to do with Steven Adams, but we'll see how it goes. I am worried about it, but I did have him at 97, and I've taken him here at 105, so it's really not that late um, compared to where. So, again, I think the last four rounds for me have been guys that I've probably taken early, but I've taken them with a real belief um, that they're going to be good this year. Um, Jalen Suggs, in the same way as um, Shengguen, I'm worried that he's shit. We've dodged a bullet with injury because apparently he's playing day um, one now, which is crazy given the look of it. So, phew, um, like that. I just, again, seeing it in preseason, I'm like, I, lo- I liked how you were in some stuff last year and, and I'm hoping on a development where it's like, well, you were a pick six or whatever it was last year. It, it makes sense to take a pick six on their second year at around 12 because if you're still pretty locked into their role, um, it's just a risk worth taking. But watching him, I was just like, oh God, there's there's more than a couple of steps to, to come. So we'll see if it kind of falls into place, but I'm kind of down on it at this stage. Um, Herbert Jones is another one where I I like his role. I like him at um, the Pelicans. I like him starting. I think his defense is great. I was hoping that you know he kind of gets some of the easy kind of stats and rebounding and flushes and stuff. But I'm a little bit worried that he's going to get lost in the the kind of the rotation and the other four that he starts with that are just going to, you know, suck everything out. So, I'm a little bit worried he's going to be a really good defensive um addition to, to a lot of their their lineups who, you know, averages high 20 minutes but then, you know, plateaus at like a 17 fantasy average or lower. So, um, put me down as worried for him. Kevin Herter, uh, it's, it's a bit of a risk thinking that he starts at, at shooting guard at, at Sacramento. So I think that's come as far as to say it, he will. Um, I'm just hoping that affords him, you know, the opportunity of the really good games we've seen in Atlanta being more consistent. Um, I do think there's a lot of options at Sacramento, but I think it's a little bit more clearer that they've targeted him to bring him, you know, behind where is Atlanta when he was, you know, with Bogdan Bogdanovich and a few other kind of wing options there. I just think the pathway for him to be at least show what he's best at um comes through and I think he's in the age bracket to do it. So again it's a less like risky kind of pick because it's at the low end and it may blow up in my face, but um I was I was pretty happy to take him there. And then Andre Drummond was my last pick because I needed a center, but you know, he's already off my list, so um we'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm comfortably happy with my team, but I don't see like guys like scream out to me it's like oh wow they were really good picks um so i do think maybe i'm lacking some of the star power that other teams have um and my middle rounds are where it's going to be make and break so i do think my best pick is jalen brown i think maybe my worst pick will be Sadiq bay if he doesn't come on and that's going to break my heart because i really believe in him but now I'm just looking at pick 85, and I was like, oh, you know, his shooting hasn't been great preseason. We need it to come together." Um, I think the wild card might be Brandon Clark and what he's going to do, um, or IJ Barrett. I think it's a big one. I have a lot of wild cards, <laughs> um, and maybe the sleeper is is Suggs or Herder. But as you said, I'm 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 half a step out on Suggs already. But that's it. We got there, hopefully, yeah, as I said, hasn't felt or sounded like I'm I'm, I'm kind of circling the train on a few things but um, I'm glad that we got all the way there and, and we got it out on time for people to enjoy and um, have all what I said be relatively meaningless in, in 48 hours but <laughs> again, it's been a pleasure, guys, and I hope you've enjoyed and um, I'll talk to you in the group chat as soon as season starts. See you guys.